Please support me by like, subscribe, and sharing my casts. Follow my social media at Facebook, Instagram, Gab, Parlor, BitChute, and YouTube. Or you can join my Patreon. You can also make a donation in PayPal. I am a listener-supported show, so any of the above is greatly appreciated. Help me grow and spread truth since the mainstream media does not support truth. All links are listed on the description box. May God bless you and enjoy. Welcome to the Speak Uneasy, a safe space where cancel culture does not exist because we are in a different prohibition era. Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Speak Uneasy. I am the bartender tonight, and to begin the show, we have our random Bible read for tonight. Tonight's read comes out of the book of Colossians, chapter 4, verse 1. Walk in wisdom. Masters, give unto your servants that which is just and equal, knowing that ye also have a master in heaven. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving, with all praying also for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always the grace seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. Again, that comes from the book of Colossians, chapter 4, verse 1 through 6. Walk in wisdom. Now, my interpretation of this particular verse is that... um. The title says it all. It's walking in wisdom. So you... This is... I'm trying to interpret it, interpret this in my brain. Um, you always got to be humble. Even when you pray to the Lord, you always got to be hum- humble. Um... Don't be so don't be so vain when you're speaking to God is what I can make of this. You always got to stay humble and not so vain. Um be graceful and not conceited. So this is pretty much what I interpret this read as. 
and that would be the read for the night and my interpretation. But like like every night I tell you, go ahead and interpret that the way you would interpret it in your life, whether it be what's going on or if it has to deal with any kind of current events going on in the world. So that was again from the book of Colossians chapter 4, verse 1 through 6. Walk in wisdom. Now, for tonight's cocktail, we're taking it to Cuba. And tonight I'll be making El Presidente. So, the ingredients for this would be about an ounce and a, an ounce and a half to two ounces of rum, white rum. About an ounce and a half of white vermouth, a teaspoon of curacao, and about a quarter teaspoon of grenadine. And for your garnish, you'll be using an orange twist and maraschino cherry. So I've got my glass pre it's being pre-chilled right now. And I am going to get my stuff out. We're going to go ahead and start with pouring the rum. I'm going to go about 2 ounces to this only because I like rum. Not as much as I like whiskey, but I do have a sweet tooth, so I am going to go two ounces on the rum for this one. Okay, two ounces. That's about two ounces right there. Pour that in. Now I'm going to go an ounce and a half of white vermouth. An ounce right there. So ounce and a half, white vermouth. Okay. Close that up. Now I'm going to go about a teaspoon of curacao. And curacao is pretty interesting because it has this orange or tangerine-like smell to it. Okay, do a... About a teaspoon of that. Now we're going to go with the grenadine. Give that a little shake there. Like it says a quarter teaspoon of grenadine, which is not much. Put that in the glass here. Okay. Get these out of the way here. I'm going to go ahead and put some ice in here. Now with this drink, you kind of want to dilute it. You, you want to stir it for, for quite some time. Only because this is nothing but booze in here. Um, granted, there's some grenadine in there. But honestly, there's only a, like a drip of grenadine inside there. So... I'm going to go ahead and stir. Stir to dilution.
This is gonna be a while. We gotta water it down a bit. It's gonna be too. The vermouth makes it really, really. I don't know, um, strong. And if you drank a martini, there's a good amount of vermouth in there that kind of um, offsets the the vodka or the gin, whichever it is you use. Okay, that should be good enough for the stir. Now, I'm going to go ahead and dump the iced water off of my... I'm using a martini glass. You're supposed to use a Nicanora glass, but I don't have one. So I'm going to use a martini glass for tonight. That pre-chilled my glass. Okay. Now for the pour. Hmm. Has a nice color to it. Okay. All right. Now I'm going to garnish this with a maraschino cherry. If I can open this jar up. I really like maraschino cherries. They're pretty good. So I'm going to go ahead and put that in there. I'm going to go ahead and take my orange peel. Express the oils over the drink. Rub the peel all over the glass. So that orange scent hits your nose as you drink. You're going to give that orange peel a twist. Put it inside the glass for your garnish. And there it is, El Presidente. Let's have a little sip here. Salute. Hmm. Okay, so the taste, the vermouth is very strong in this one. Um, I'm not a big fan of vermouth, but you can barely taste the rum. The vermouth is very strong. Um, I'm using white rum for the rum. Um, balance comes from the grenadine. The grenadine gave it a little bit of balance so did the curacao but i can really taste the the dry vermouth in this the the dry vermouth is not that bad only because it has the rum the curacao it has everything else and um it's it, it doesn't it's not as strong as it would be in a martini so, um, being that I twisted the, um, I expressed the oils off the orange peel onto the drink and rubbed it around the glass, that gave it like a nice 
orange scent to it. So as as you put the glass up to your nose, actually to your mouth, when you take that sip, you get a you get a whiff of the nice orange, and then you get a drink of it, and it just it works well together. So a little bit of history of the El Presidente. Uh, the El Presidente earned its acclaim in Havana during the 1920s through the 1940s during the American Prohibition, of course. It quickly became the preferred drink of the Cuban upper class. There are two rival stories of who the cocktail is named after. One is of Mario Garcia Menocal, Menocal president from 1913 to 1921 of Cuba. The other is Gerardo Machado, who was a general and also president from 1925 to ni- through 1933. There are also multiple claims as to the invention of the cocktail. One story is that it was American bartender Eddie Wolke who named it after General Menocal after moving to Havana. Another claim is that it was invented as early as 1915 in Cuba, five years before Wolke stepped foot on the Malicón in 1920. This premise of, if true, is even further debated, as either being invented at the Vista Alegre, a Havana establishment frequented by Americans, or by President Menocal himself. And that's a little history of the El Presidente. Salute. And on we go to the show. So I want to go ahead and start off uh, the segment of the show reading a couple of articles which I found was dumbfounded. Um, I just went on the internet one day and typed up stupidnews.com or something something to that effect and I, I came up with this I came up with these two articles that I thought would be interesting to read. Now I'll go ahead and read these articles and then give my thoughts on each one of them after I read each one. So the first one I found here uh, is written by Kip Jones from the Western Journal. And the title reads, Los Angeles unanimously votes to create unarmed response team to answer 911 calls. This was published back in October 17th. The Los Angeles City Council has unanimously voted to create a pilot program, pilot program, to send unarmed response teams to nonviolent calls which are currently handled by the city's police department every election we see a majority of voters in california cast ballots against their own interests but it's fascinating to watch elected democrats not only vote for some with an obvious flaw but to celebrate doing so the decision to explore keeping police officers away from some calls by the democratic run council was made this past week and hailed by the council's president nuri martinez according to kttv martinez said of the decision in the in a media release quote 
Today marks a seminal mo- moment in our his. Jeez, I can't even read. Let me start this again in the quotes. Today marks a seminal moment in our city's history in our efforts to reimagine public safety, unquote. Reimagine, huh? So I guess this is all an imagination to them. These these people are just so out. Um, let me let me continue this. Through this unarmed response pilot for nonviolent cause, we will help Angelinos get the mental health and other support services they need from trained professionals. We will also free up police officers to do their work to do the work they are trained to do. The council president added, 2020 America, a land of ceaseless conflict. Ultimately, this will also allow us to provide our black and brown communities with the resources they deserve. By a vote of 14 to 0, the council voted to enact the program, according to KABC-TV. The council said it will issue a proposal for a non-profit partner to implement a pilot program. In addition, seek recommendations from relevant departments on creating a new classification of city employees that would be responsible for responding to nonviolent calls for service that are currently handled by police officers. Gee, what could go wrong? (laughs) This is from the guy who wrote it. (laughs) A lot comes to the imagination when you look at the types of situations in which L.A.'s democratic legislative body has deemed no longer essential for police officers to handle. These include calls which are related to mental health, substance abuse, and people making suicidal threats. Okay, they're going to... Let me continue. I, I just... Sometimes I can't help myself. The stupidity sometimes is just... It, it overwhelms me, but let me continue. California's leaders, all the way down to the municipal level, continue to thumb their noses at common sense. I like this guy who wrote this. In fact, really bad ideas are a national epidemic with regard to Democrats and law enforcement. The party's nominee for president, Joe Biden, actually said during his his ABC town hall event Thursday that police officers need to learn to shoot violent criminals in the leg. You have to teach people how to de-escalate circumstances. De-escalate. So instead of anybody coming at you and the first thing you do is shoot to kill, you shoot them in the leg. (laughs) Biden said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, people. Biden said when addressing police reform. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay, I need... Uh, I need I I need to uh catch I need to get a grip.
Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let me continue this article. <laughs> okay. All right. Stop. <laughs> that statement obviously lacks any comments. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> the guy writing this article was doing the same thing I was. <laughs> oh gosh, am I even gonna get through this article? <laughs> All right. Oh, okay. I'm tearing up. (laughs) But the logic behind it is shared by many, including at least elected Democrats. Okay. Uh, I gotta get a grip. (laughs) All right. Okay. Oh, gosh. Hopefully their decision to prioritize work politics. <laughs> work politics. Over the health and well-being of their citizens and soon-to-be soon unarmed first responders will backfire. <laughs> oh. oh, gosh. Of course it will... Of course, it probably will, especially when you look at other calls, which will be relegated away from police and to crisis responders under the proposed program. Some calls with a subject in a state of behavioral distress will no longer be handled by police, nor will calls regarding conflicts, res- conflict resolution and welfare checks Unarmed responders in the coming pilot program might have a bit more insight into the roles, into their roles, which each respective call and its details. But with regard to the bigger picture, this decision completely encapsulates the politics which have turned many of California's cities into wastelands. L.A. is a mecca of... For <laughs> oh, and many of them are mentally ill and on drugs. The city, like many others, also has its share of domestic abusers, killers, and rapists, all of whom likely are behaviorally distressed and in a state of conflict prior to committing violent crimes. <clears throat> As we know, the council's unanimous decision to initiate a pilot program of unarmed responders for 911 calls is about pandering and politics. 
sure is. But the council still had to make that clear in a media release obtained by KTTV. Calling the police on George Floyd about an alleged counterfeit $20 bill ended his life. District 10 Councilman Herb Wesson said, if George Floyd had been met with an unarmed trained specialists for the nonviolent crime he was accused of, he would be turning 47 years old today. I highly doubt that. This plan will save lives. Oh, actually, I do agree with that statement. This plan will save will save lives. And I'm so proud of my colleagues on the council for voting to move this forward. <clears throat> Following George Floyd's death after Derek Chauvin knelt on his neck for roughly nine minutes, elected officials in L.A. will now endanger their lives of local people in the name of social justice and perceived racial inequality. This council is essentially insulting the Los Angeles Police Department with the decision. The council told its citizens that its city's cops are incapable of investigating situations which the department is and always has been supremely qualified to handle. If the city council thought troubled people in some situations reacted poorly to being Quarreled, quarreled by cops. Just wait until they find out how others will respond to being jammed up by unarmed bureaucrats. Okay. All right. Now, obviously, this is a joke to me. I mean, I couldn't control my laughter there. Sometimes, sometimes, when you hear news that's disheartening instead of getting too emotionally involved with the this the you know the article or you know the news clip or whatever it is <clears throat> and instead of it pissing you off sometimes you got to laugh about it i mean that's that's kind of what keeps your sanity now as far as um my my sense of this article. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to keep it together, people. I really am. I I I took this article and I, I didn't read it prior to um presenting it to you people. So that's why I just my my laughter is just I couldn't control it. I just I can't I can't control it because this th- I mean it, it what world am I living in? And I'm pretty sure people listening to this have some kind of sense of like, what world are we living in? Because that's where that's where my mind is right now. What what world am I living in? And especially the remarks that, <clears throat> especially the remarks that Joe made about shooting people in the leg. Okay, well, um, so you're gonna respond to a cop is gonna respond to a call. Shots are be I mean, the guy pulls out a gun, a knife, or whatever, right? A cop is met with violence, a violent person, right? With a weapon. And now the cop is under so much stress, right? Just just under so much stress that he is now forced to shoot his shoot the, the suspect 
in the leg. Well, that's a very difficult thing to do when you're under so much stress, let alone a moving target, especially a target that small. So uh, I don't know where I don't it, it baffles me to see that uh, people with such uh, power have very, very low IQs and so much money. And I'm not saying that I have a high IQ, but it does baffle me to see a lot of people with with so much power and so much money have they, they, their IQs are just uh, it's unexplainable. Like, how did these people get in the position they are? It's it's it can't be because they're smart. You know, um, you uh, my take is you got to be. You gotta have, you gotta be like some kind of intelligence in order for you to get a position of power and have a lot of money. Unless it was, unless your parents were, were rich and powerful, and they have the like some kind of name that's influential, and that gets passed down to you. But <clears throat> I, it, it, even when I'm out, right? Even when I'm out, out and about, like going to a store or, or even driving. Um, I notice, I notice, uh, people with these expensive cars, uh, they don't know how to drive. It's, I don't know. I, I have no words for it. I how do these people get into, how do they have all this? Cause it can't be from talent. Why why do I have to work so hard? Why do I have to work so hard to get some money? While you get people who whose IQ is very low. I mean, very low. And mind you, I'm not the smartest dude in the world. You know, I'm I I I have some sense. And I'm not saying I'm not gonna say common sense because shit ain't common no more. I have sense. I have rare sense. So back to, you know, the, a, a cop responding to a, a possible suspect or a, a suspect who's wielding a, a weapon, like a knife, maybe pointing a gun at them. Now they're pressured to shoot them in the leg. Well, let's just go for argument's sake that, yeah, you, you, you're trying to aim for the leg. You shoot, right? You miss. You're gonna you're gonna miss unless you're some kind of freaking like uh like some kind of you know um unless you were trained in the military as a uh sniper like you know a navy seal um uh a mar- um infantry in the marines or recon whatever or uh army ranger unless unless you've been through like like intense training like that uh there there's no way you're gonna hit you're gonna hit the leg in one shot there's just no way so now as the cop is shooting this guy in the leg now the cop has to worry about the the back the backdrop which for those who don't know what a backdrop is now you have to be concerned of what's behind who's behind the suspect you're shooting in the leg because those bullets can just fly off and hit an innocent person. 
So the reason why my take, I mean, as far as I, I this is just this is just sense saying this, okay? The reason why I think cops they say shoot to kill. Well, it's not shoot to kill. I think it's called shoot to stop the threat. So when they shoot to stop the threat, they aim for the center mass of the body because it's a bigger it's it's a bigger target for them, right? It's a bigger target for them. So shoot to stop the threat doesn't necessarily it doesn't mean shoot to kill. It means shoot until the threat is stopped. Right? So it can go both ways. I mean, even if you shoot the suspect in center mass of the body, they could still live, but stop whatever they're th- whatever threatening thing they're doing, right? Uh, it's just common sense that I'm thinking here. Or actually it's just it's just uh rare sense, right? Rare sense. That's my that's my understanding of why cops are trained to shoot center mass because not everybody, not every cop out there has been in the military, right? Uh, not all. And even if they were in the military, not all of them had the same training as, as these special forces guys, like, you know, army Rangers, um, um, you know, your Marine recon, um, Navy seals, uh, green berets, um, Air Force Power Rescue, <clears throat> they don't have the same training, right? And on top of that, <clears throat> especially if, if if it's a uh, if it's a person who's never been in the military and who's never been in combat, like that that oh shit moment that 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 when that moment comes when they're freaking out because you know they're all excited, right? Because the adrenaline's pumping because now you're being shot at or whatever. Um, and that's when training comes into play, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're a sniper at that moment. Training comes to play on the fight or flight. And I think a lot, you know, just based on the show I did a few weeks ago about the two uh, deputies who got shot, their training fell into place when they got shot and they exited the 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 unit the vehicle and they started uh, rendering aid to each other that was nothing but training that was all training and that's that's what these cops go through they go through you know they go through hard training and then let the training take over once once um they can't logically think anymore so you know i'm i'm going i'm veering off here but but bottom line is they want <clears throat> the city council you know, look, I go to L. I don't go to L.A. every week, but I am in California every week, right? And when I do drive on the 101, the 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 Hollywood Freeway, man, it is horrible. You have homeless, like homeless tents. You have these homeless tents all on the side of the freeways it's filthy it's nasty and these city council people have they're responsible for making the way la is now i've driven i've driven through skid row and it is horrible horrible you know la so much potential so much potential but you know what? Too corrupt. 
which is why everything is just, it's, you know, my thoughts on LA, my thoughts in California is just a place to squat down and take a dump. That's, that's my thoughts on California. Unfortunately, the corruption runs so deep. There is no way, there is just no way that California can ever become a great state that it was, that it was once because the corruption lies too far. It's just too deep. The corruption is just too deep, you know, with all these municipal council people all, and it stems all the way up to the, you know, all, all the way through the governor. They're all corrupt. They don't give a damn about their state. There are a few noble people left. I do like Devin Nunez. He is probably one of the noble guys left. One of the noble politicians left who stands up for the truth, right? He came from a good, uh, you know, he came from a good family. He came from a farming family. Usually farming families have a good background with, you know, they, they have a good family unit. They're very, you know, they're, they're into Christ, um, which is why I think he's, he's one of the very few guys in one of the few politicians in California who, who fights the fight because it was his base, his base, his family base was very strong, you know, and coming from a, I've never come from a farming family, but just my observation, uh, the observation on these people who came from farming families have a very, very strong relationship with God. They have a very strong relationship with their family and they care. They genuinely care. These are genuine people. So, man, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, you, you know, um, what these people fail to understand too, is that when they respond to these calls where they have disturbances, you know, let's just say they're quote, um, not vi- nonviolent, right? Now, a lot of these people, especially in the, in LA, right? Um, they're right. A lot of them have mental health issues. A lot of them are addicted to drugs. But a lot of those mental health issues come from the long-term use of drugs, right? So you're going to have these, I don't know, these unarmed professionals, right? And what they fail to realize is that, you know, at, at any moment, these people, these these people with mental issues or, you know, drug addicts, they can turn on you on you know they they can just turn on you with no warning right and these these people these unarmed response team people they you think they're going to they're going to have the training for um you think they're going to have the training for uh handling that to to go hands on with these people or are they just going to cower up and get beat up and or or get killed possibly so this is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. Do I think that there needs to be some kind of some kind of way to to handle these things? Sure, everything can always be improved, right? Um it seems like the cops uh they're dealing with a lot of mental health mental health uh issued people lately. But, you know, I'm 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 gonna say this, and it's 
you know, people might not agree with me on this. So, yeah, you're going to have a percentage of people who who genetically got mentally ill or or um you know, something happened as they were being born or as they were growing up something happened to them when they were kids. Sure. Um that's very possible, right? But I think the majority of these people with mental health issues come from addic- uh, being addicts of drugs for a very long time. And you got to understand that the drugs that are being pushed out there, man, they it messes it it really fries your brain. It does. I've seen people I've been around a lot of people who are just, you know, all types of drugs. All types. Um I've been around stoners. Um, that eventually will get you stupid, you know. I, I, I'm okay. I'm okay with weed, right? If it's for medical purposes, because I do believe that somebody who has PTSD, yeah, they 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 need they need that to kind of like balance them out, right? Um, people who who take heroin, oh man, that that drug it. It builds a psychological dependency on you, right? Not that I know, but not that I experience like myself experience. I've never taken that stuff, but I but I have what I have taken was um, Norco's when I was very sick because it was prescribed to me, right? The doctor gave me Norco's, and that um, that um, I don't know what you call it, but um, when they're um the nod there you go the nod when you go on the nod now i can i i i understand how these people go on the nod because i i felt that when 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 i took a norco and that was that was the first time and the last time i ever took a norco so i don't know man it, it was almost as if i was shut down but at the same time i'm still conscious i can still hear what's going on i know what people are saying but it was almost like like physically i was turned off like a switch just hit me and i just i just not necessarily fell asleep because i was still i was still conscious i still heard what was going on around me and i've seen i've seen these i've seen heroin addicts go on the nod and then like if you ask them a question and then they go on the nod and wake up a few minutes later they'll answer you from the question that you last asked them right before they went on the nod which is very interesting so i've seen that I've seen people on um, meth. Oh, dude, these people can't keep still. They can't keep still. They're always talking. They talk about all sorts of stuff. Um, they hallucinate. Crazy. Like, dude, just calm down. But no, it's always go, 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 go. Eyes are up. Um, their hands, they always fidget with their hands. Like, they can't, their fingers are always moving. Their hands are always moving, right? Uh, they grind their teeth a lot. Uh, another another um, drug that I've seen people on is uh, Xanax. Xanax bars. They call them Xanny bars, right? Man, this is the worst. Probably one of the worst, right? Because <laughs> these people cannot function. They are... Just imagine a person who's stoned, but like 50 times even more. And the intelligence is just gone. Like stupidness is is what it is. They can't do anything. You you talk to them and they can't they can't even speak. 
They can't even speak. They can't say a word. They can't even move. They can't move their their mouth to say one word. It's it's like uh uh it's that's how it sounds like, you know? Um and of course I've seen people on alcohol and alcohol is a hit or miss, right? Because sometimes you get the happy drunk, sometimes you get the violent drunk. So, you know, e- even when you're dealing with a happy drunk, the happy drunk is going to keep on talking. The best drunk to uh, probably the best drunk to 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 deal with is the sleepy drunk because all they do is just sleep, right? But nobody wants to deal with the happy drunk that talks too much or the violent drunk that just wants to fight. So, so those are the types of people that these guys are going to be dealing with if they're on if they're hyped up on something. Or even on you know mental health, man. I okay. I guess if they're going to implement it, okay. Well, I guess they have to learn the hard way. Um, and I can see I can see why a lot of people are leaving California. You know, unfortunately for me, I still have to go to to that toilet and uh, work. But hopefully, you know, if I'm able to get great support from my listeners, um, I wouldn't have to do that anymore. And I would it would be nice for me to 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 uh, to have more casts to present to you guys, because, you know. I'm going to say it this way, Okay, I never thought that I would do podcasting, never. I, I I'm not doing this because. I'm 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 trying to get rich or anything like that. I'm not doing that because of that. There was something that happened to me. There was something that happened to me in June. And for a month I wasn't working. And I was praying because you know I'm I've 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 learned to build my relationship with Christ back in 2017 and and every like from 2017 as as time went on my faith in him became even stronger and stronger and stronger okay so when i was not working in june and i was praying to the lord you know um the lord told me i need you i need you to to spread the word so I said to myself, oh, spread the word. I, I like I don't know how to do that. I'm I'm not articulate. I'm a horrible speaker. Um I just I, I, I didn't know how to present this, right? So here I am thinking like, okay, the Lord wants me to spread the word. I mean, you know, prior to this I was I was on Facebook. And I was on Twitter and I was on Instagram and every time I would read the Bible, I would always, I'd always take a picture of it and send it out and have my friends read it or whatever. And they, they can take whatever they want from it. Right. And that's what I thought that that's what I thought spreading the word would be. But apparently God wanted me to do something else as far as spreading the word. So I thought to myself, okay, well, if he wants me to spread the word, I'm not the type of person to go out in the street corner and start yelling at people. So I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to do a podcast. And this is because the Lord told me to. So this is the reason why I'm doing this is because I believe that the truth should be spread, right? Um, 
of course you're going to be skeptical of what I say, which is good because you need to find out what you need to do research on what I'm telling you. Right. Or what, what I'm, whatever point I'm trying to get across. I, we should be doing that to begin with. We shouldn't trust anything that's being said to us until we, we dig into the truth. Now, you know, sometimes I may be wrong. I don't know. I'm human, right? I, I, my, my intention is not to lie to you. It's not to lie to you. My intention is for me to spread what I think the truth is, right? So this is why I got into podcasting, and this is why I'm asking for your support, for your help. This is help for me for, for me to, to do this more often because I want to be able to I want to be able to do God's work doing this like full time because this is what he wants me to do. But but since we live in this kind of world where bills have to be paid and all this stuff, I have to continue to work back and forth to, to two different states. I have to jump to two different states every week in order for me to provide for my family. And that's why I'm, you know, I'm, this is no sob story. This is, you know, not a violin time. But this is just for me to explain to you why I got into podcasting. And I know I'm veering off to something different here. But, um, but yeah, um, I'm here because I, I believe that I'm doing God's work. God told me to do this. And, you know, who, who's going to say no to God, dude? You know, that's not the team I want to be in. It, the person who says no to God is not the team I want to be on. I want to be on God's team all the way because I do believe we are facing end times right now. I can leave that for another discussion another day. And, um, but I do believe that a lot of the things that are happening right now, it's, it's, it, this is, this has all been, this has all been prophesized in the Bible. Okay. I, th I think, I believe that all the answers are in the Bible as far as what's going to happen to this country. Let's let's remember people that one human being, although I do I do like, you know, I do love Trump and I like what he's doing. I'm a, I'm in agreement with it, but let's be let's be honest about this, okay? He's just a man. He is just one man cannot cannot change w what has been messed with for centuries and this this is this is god created this earth but you know who runs this earth it's the devil who runs the earth right he runs the earth so what we need to, we need to <laughs> we pretty much need to undo what adam and eve did that's why we're here we need to learn. We need to learn how to have a relationship with God. We need to try to turn things into the way God intended us to be. We need to turn it back to that, to give him glory, give him praise. And yeah, it might seem like I'm preaching to you, but you know what? You have, you have, uh, you know, it's up to you if you want to listen to me or not. You can shut it off if you want right now, but I am not going to. I don't care if you shut it off because I, this is this is what the Lord wanted me to do. He wanted me to speak to you. That's exactly what he wanted me to do and that's exactly what I'm going to do. You have you have the choice. You know? Free will is very it's very important. Free will. 
And that's how I came to have a relationship with God is because it was my free will saying to, to saying to him, I give my life to you, Lord, because you're the truth. You know, you're the way you're, you are the way that I can be saved is through you, through your son, Jesus Christ. And I'm, you know, I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that I can turn people into, into, into Christ, who is the way to God. I'm hoping, you know, I don't want to force you people. You have to figure that out on your own, whether, whether this is the right path for you or not. So, okay, enough about that. There's, that was a little, that was a little rant on the side. I still have to get to the other article. So, okay. This is another article. And this was published back in October 21st. And this is by news editors, whoever they are. Uh, the title reads, Liberal Publication. The New Republic Calls for Total Abolishment of the U.S. Constitution. As the election nears and Democrats become worried they might not defeat President Trump, their facade is dropping. And they are showing how much they hate America and want a full-blown overthrow of the Bill of Rights and Constitution. That is very true. Um, let's see. Oh, okay. This article was by Shane Trejo, and it's republished from BigLeaguePolitics.com. Okay. The New Republic, an iconic liberal magazine that has been influential to Democrats for generations, published an article by staff writer Osita Nwanevu. I don't know how to pronounce that, dude. Um, sorry if I butchered it. On Monday, calling for an end to the con to constitutional rule because he does not like that that Judge Amy Coney Barrett will likely be confirmed into the Supreme Court by the Senate. Having won a clear electoral college victory, Trump has taken the opportunities he has been given to nominate three. Senate Republicans have been approving them through the process the Constitution set out. They acted strategically to hold one of those seats open. Nuanevu wrote, You will not find in the Constitution a prohibition against doing so, or, for that matter, any suggestions that the courts should be ev evenly balanced between the appointees of two political camps or parties that didn't exist at the founding and that aren't intrinsic features of our political order, he added. Because liberals did not win, Nuan Nevu wants the Bill of Rights and Constitution to be destroyed. Dude, is this guy even from America? <laughs> he argues that destroying the rule of law because of his partisan political agenda would protect democracy. People, we don't live in a democracy. We live in a constitutional republic. So get that right. I mean, if you don't even know what kind of government we have, you might as well just get out of here. And the, and the feelings of uber-sensitive, fragile victim groups or something. It is, of course, true that Republicans have been working to stamp out... Excuse me. 
inconvenient portions of the Constitution elsewhere. Their efforts to prevent minorities from voting have expanded to encompass as much of the Democratic electorate as they can manage under the coronavirus pandemic. Nuan Nevu wrote, Things haven't gone wrong because a system that was humming along fine until recently has, de- has been damaged in some fundamental way. The system is humming along essentially as it always has with increasingly dire results. The crisis is not that the American constitutional system is broken, but that the American constitutional system is working. Perhaps not as the farmer framers, I'm sorry, framers intended, but as a legal and administrative matter, mostly as it was designed to, he added. Because conservatives may have the supermajority on the court, that means the Supreme Court is fundamentally flawed and has to go as well, according to Nuanevu. The Supreme Court fundamentally is and has always been a highly politicized policy-making and policy-destroying institution. I agree. As earnestly as legal scholars might debate matters of constitutional interpretation, much of our political disclosure, I'm sorry, discourse, on the subject is aimed at obstructing that fact. The supposedly neutral doctrines guiding conservative jurists in particular have been crafted to legitimate rulings desired and pressed pressed for by corporations and reactionary interest groups, he wrote. Noir Nevu showed his extremely low IQ. (laughs) Oh, Oh, gosh, here we go. Uh, Nuan Nebu showed his extremely low IQ by claiming that right-wing terror has taken hold in Trump's America. As anti-white pogroms are launching by Marxist Black Lives Matter terrorists pushing revolutionary violence in the streets with tremendous institutional backing, a wave of violent reaction is absolutely inevitable. Inevitable. No matter what decisions are made under the under a Biden administration, and in fact whether or not Biden wins the election, the worst right wing violence we've seen in a generation arrived at, with a right wing presidency. He wrote, "Man, this guy is a kook." The American left should work toward abolishing the Constitution someday, either for a new document or a new democratic order without a written Constitution. Nuan Nevu added. Nuanavu's writings are more proof that diversity is not a strength and multiculturalism promotes inferiors into positions of prominence they do not deserve. However, he is far from alone with his anti-American, anti-constitutional perspective in a radicalized modern left. Big League Politics has reported on leftists who in recent weeks have openly pinned for foreigners to take over the country because they hate Americans as much and want them to lose their national sovereignty and democratic ability to choose their own leaders. A recent New York Times op-ed had argued that America may need international intervention. From who? The fucking UN? (laughs) 
screw them. From the United Oh, here we go. From the United Nations to effectively end US sovereignty. Man, I see that coming. I, I I've seen that co- agenda agenda twenty one, agenda twenty thirty. If you don't people if you people don't know what that is, go look it up. If not, I'll do a show on it maybe in a couple weeks or something. Maybe next week. It depends. Next week is gonna be election week, so we'll see. We'll see how far this show goes. Because I honestly think that things are going to be really bad. It doesn't matter who wins. And I'm not reading the article right now, people. I'm, I'm sorry. But I have to interject, interject with this. It, 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 it's, it's actually becoming pretty scary. Because the left, they're not going to take a loss. Okay, The left are not going to take a loss. The right is not going to take a loss either. So either way... I think this is going to be really bad. So I hope you people listening are prepared. I hope you guys have food stocked up. I hope you guys have water stocked up. Be strong in your faith with the Lord. That is the most important thing that is needed during these times. Is that your faith in the Lord and your relationship with the Lord is at its best. Pray. Pray. I cannot stress that. I cannot stress that more. Prayer. And as I'm telling you guys this, I can feel the Holy Spirit just coming through me and just telling you people that you must pray. (sighs) Okay, I'm going to go back to this article. Man, whew. That feeling of, you know, before I continue this, that feeling, it's when you have a great relationship with the Lord and when the Holy Spirit comes through you, you feel the tingling sensation, you feel all sorts of emotions and it's just an incredible feeling. It's a feeling of comfort, whether that's the best description I can put it as. It's the it's the best comfort. It's the best comforting feeling, knowing that the Lord has his, his arms around your shoulder telling you that it's okay. That is the best feeling ever. Now, let me get back to this article because I, I know it's almost been an hour here and I, I still got to... I still got to put my thoughts into this article as well. Opinion contributor Peter Bernard Bernard made the argument to give away the U.S. to foreign powers. Wow. Okay. Exactly what the fake news hacks at the Times and other left-wing propaganda rags have argued for years that President Trump was trying to do with Russia. No one knows how Donald Trump's COVID-19 diagnosis will affect his presidential campaign. But before falling ill, he repeatedly suggested that he won't accept the results of the election should he lose. Beinart said falsely. In actuality, it is Democrat operatives like John Podesta who are wargaming for Biden to steal the election by appealing to blue state governors to overturn the results. 
failed presidential candidate Hillary Clinton has told Biden not to concede on Election Day under any circumstances. Beinart, who serves as the editor at for for at a large for at large for Jewish currents, uses his false premise to justify bringing in the UN to essentially take over the country. He uses his hatred of the Constitution and the Electoral College to make the case for his proposed overthrow. Democrats must know when the popular vote by three, four, or even five percentage points to be assured of winning the Electoral College. They must achieve that margin in the face of a strenuous Republican effort to ensure that many Democratic ballots are not counted, he wrote. He uses liberal academics who are in the tank for Biden to make his case for the destruction of U.S. sovereignty as well. Beinart wrote, What Mr. Trump is doing this year, the election monitoring expert Judith Kelly, the dean of the Sanford School of Public Policy at Duke University, recently told the Boston Globe is the kind of activity that international election observers would go to countries and write up huge reports about and say, red flag, red flag. He concluded with a bizarre argument that selling selling the country out and uh, selling the country out to foreign powers would provide moral discipline for Americans. Man, this guy is sick. Americans are not so inherently virtuous that they can safely disregard the moral discipline that international oversight provides. Now that Mr. Biden and other white Democrats are tasting disenfranchisement themselves. They need to learn that lesson too, Beinart said. Man, this guy's sick. Big political, big league politics reported earlier this week on a veteran Soros operative who also pinned that America would be usurped by foreign powers, indicating that this is a common opinion among the modern radicalized left. The modern Democrats are less of a political party and more of an ISIS-style terrorist movement to destroy Western civilization. If President Trump wins re-election, it is time to take the gloves off and put down these enemies of humanity once and for all. Wow. There are some sick people out there. (laughs) They want to destroy the Constitution and they want the UN to come and invade us. Man, I've I've known about this type of shit. Like, I want to say back in 2007, 2008, because, you know, I used to I used to listen to a lot of things that people would deem as conspiracy back then. But now it's coming to fruition. Scary shit. Like, these people are calling for the UN to invade us. (laughs) And like I said, Agenda 21, Agenda 2030. If you don't know what that is, do your research, read it. Because... What he's, what this guy here, Beinart, this dude, 
what he's saying in his in his writing here, he's calling for the UN to come and destroy this country. And then you got this other dude. You got this other dude. What's his name? Nuan Nevu. I mean, dude, don't bring whatever country you came from. Don't bring that stuff over here. It ain't going to work. Like, there's a constitution here to protect us. And yeah, I I do agree that it, that a lot of these ju- justices have been put there politically to sway one side or another. And you know what's been messed up is the, the, the power of spin, right? The power of spin. How where people say certain things, but then it's construed as something else. You know, nothing is what it is anymore. People have different meanings for what they say nowadays, you know? And you know who's good at that? Lawyers. That's why a lot of people don't like lawyers, because they're full of shit. Like, they can tell them one thing, but mean a totally opposite thing. Lawyers can't tell the truth. (laughs) And it's a shame because when I was younger, I kind of wanted to practice law too. I wanted to get into criminal law. But, you know, I I guess guess not having strong enough motivation for that when I was young, it turns out to be a good thing now because if I, I probably wouldn't be here doing a podcast now. So, uh, yeah, that the, this article, man, this is, I want to say that this is all fiction people, but, but this is actually happening. And it, it, it also goes to what happened. I mean, my last show, right? Last week I was talking about the cancel culture, how a lot of these great, broadcasters these guys who are trying to to spread the truth as well right these people have just gotten their accounts deleted like off the face of the earth deleted from youtube deleted from twitter deleted from whatever social media outlet that um you know they tried to 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 share the truth with but People like us are smart. We go to other outlets. So it's a fight. It's a fight to continue to try to get the truth out there. This is a very important fight. And to be honest, this is a fight that I'm willing to die for. Because the Lord wants us to know what the truth is. And man, people. You'd be surprised with what I mean, a lot of the history that we were taught in school. It's 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 all fluff. I, I, well, I wouldn't say all of it is fluff, right? Because I think if, if people were to learn what the true history was of this of of the world or of the country or whatever, right? History in general, you'd be so into it. You know, reality is a lot more weirder than fiction. I tell you that. Because a lot of the digging that I've done over the years just to find what the truth is, and mind you, I'm no expert. I'm not an expert of 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 uh, of all these things. Um, I'm one of those people that take the information and I'll um, you know I'll dig into it to find out if it's true or not. And man, a lot of these things are 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 um, 
It's like a movie. And and you'd be surprised that a lot of these things already have been in movies that are are have it's real. See, what people don't realize is that the CIA is connected with the movie making industry and they use these films as propaganda tools. They even use it as predictive programming. But that's going to be another discussion for another day because, man, we can go on and on and on about all these types of stuff that goes on with the history, what's been what's been hidden from us. Um, Truth seeking is a very, very it's a very enlightening thing, but it's it's a really interesting and fun thing. Because if you people knew what 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 was out there and what was the truth, you'd say to yourself, "No, nah, man, that 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 can't be real." Well, you can say right now with how these people think, with you know the articles I just read, they can't be real, but they're real, right? They exist. So can you imagine a lot of the things that people were not even being told? I like pe- we are not being told what the real truth is. <sighs> man, it's it's a it's an interesting thing to do research about trying to find the truth and it all I mean, you can also find it it all a lot of it comes from it's biblical stuff too. You know, um it's <laughs> a lot of a lot of the his, historic things come from these families that were in the Bible and um descendants of Nimrod, which is why these people they're so arrogant and um and I'm talking about these evil people that that run that run the you know who have who are in positions of power who run you know whatever government or run the world or whatever man these are descendants of very very evil families back in the bible right and this is why they feel that they can do anything they want because they have they're connected to this evil power which they think there's they're untouchable what what they feel they what they fail to realize is that god is only allowing them to be here right so yeah it's it's uh i'd love to share a lot of these uh things that i've 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 um i've i've done research on um maybe i might change it up next week um and talk about um you know the nazi germany and how hitler was into the occult man that that's some crazy stuff right there um but we have to play it by ear as well cuz i i don't know what's going to go on during election week uh i am uh, i am concerned i'm not going to say worried i'm very concerned i'm very concerned about election week and the week after election and we're just going to have to see and wait what's going to happen. Um, there's a lot of things out there that are going on. And like I said earlier, either side, they're not going to take the loss. Right? So things are going to happen. As much as I don't want things to happen, as much as you don't want things to happen, they're going to happen. Like I said also, a lot of these things have already been prophesied in the Bible. And um, 
it's God's it's God's will to change what happens. But if he doesn't change it then we have to we have to go through the storm. But at the same time, your relationship in the Lord, you know, I'm not going to stress that enough here. Like you need to build that relationship. You'll feel a lot more happier too, you know. And also the feeling of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> that is one of the greatest feelings ever. And, you know, once you have that really strong relationship in Christ, you start to let go of a lot of things that are of this earth. You start to let go of it. It doesn't, con- like, you're not concerned about certain things anymore that you used to be concerned about. And, um, honestly, um, I may be concerned about what may happen, you know, after the election or whatever, but I I have no fear. And a lot of that's because I already know what side of, I know what side I'm on. I, I know what team I'm on and I'm on team God, you know, I'm not scared. I'm not afraid. A great patriots, uh, a great patriot once said, I'd rather, I'd rather die on my feet than to live on my knees. And that's exactly, that's exactly how I feel right now. I will die on my feet than to live on my knees. That being said, the bar is now closed. It's more than a passing notion I've never fallen with such devotion I can't help but wonder If it's only a dream Am I naive again? believe that things are really as they seem Can anyone explain it How to understand what's true I know I just Whenever I'm with you I can't help but wonder If you wonder about me Cause lately I can't help but wonder How wonderful this might be
Can anyone explain it? How to understand what's true? I know I just can't take it whenever I. Cause lately I can't help but wonder how wonderful this might be. Cause lately I can't help but wonder how wonderful this might. Be. Mm-hmm.